And welcome into another edition of the Rinkwise podcast presented by New England Hockey Journal and Siemens Media. I am Evan Marinovsky. Today I am joined by New England Hockey Journal writer Patrick Donnelly. Pat, what's up? What's going on? Remote again up here in the North Country. <laughs> you're um, like, but- it's like you're, it looks like you're in like Alaska. You're just so far out there in like a little hut in the, in the cold winter. Yeah, I'm not all bundled up like I was last time though. So <laughs> turn the heat on. But- yeah, glad it's a little warmer this time. Yeah, I, I agree. So you lo- like skiing's your thing in the winter, right? That's one of your big things. Yeah, I didn't do it that much in high school just because of like high school sports and stuff. But now, like since college and having my own skis, not having to rent anymore, trying to like get w- way more into it again. So that's awesome. Lucky yeah. you. Lucky you. Because I, 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 it's funny because I recently got into skiing in the last couple of years because. Hockey and skiing, it's similar, right? The hockey yep. stop. And my friends were like, if you can just build up confidence to hockey stop on the slopes, that's what I did. And, and it, I like it. So it's fun now. I tried, yeah. I didn't ski last winter, but the previous couple I did. So I want to change that this winter. I need to get back out and, and skiing. So maybe I'll join you at some, maybe I'll invite myself to your New Hampshire house to go skiing. Yeah, for uh, sure. But anyways, we are here. It's January. We're recording January 12th. This will probably come out early, still mid-January. First of all, just thoughts on the season. How's it been? This is your first kind of rendezvous in the in the winter season. How's it been for you with hockey? It's been busy, but it's a good, like the good type of busy. And then just look, especially when you look at the prep side, maybe I should have expected this going in, but just so many teams are so good this year. And maybe maybe it's a little bit more of an anomaly this year with the parity, but St. Paul's beats Williston, Westminster ties Williston, and Nobles has been kind of the wire-to-wire favorite so far. But everyone else, it's like anybody can beat anybody, and the competition has just been fantastic. Um, and then same thing on the MIA side, where Division One has so many contenders this year. Duxbury is still doing their thing in D2, but there are a lot of teams coming up behind them. So just a lot of great hockey out there so far. Yeah, I I think on the boys' side, it's been the same with prep. I've said it all along. Like last year, Avon and Cushing, I felt were kind of the two that were above everybody else in that in that top ten, top eight. This year, I feel there's more parity among those top teams. There's more teams that I could feasibly see. Okay, a Kent who's a six or a seven could go all the way or something like that. And then on the MIAA side, it's the same thing where a lot of those teams, again, last year it was St. John's Prep and Catholic Memorial. Now there's a variant in the mix. And I think Pope Francis is a, a little bit stronger. And there's a lot of other teams, St. John Shrewsbury, who will get into a bit. So yeah, I agree with you. I think that there is parity on the, on the boys side as well as the girls. And I, I did, I, I will say Pat last Sunday, I went to the, the game sheet prep cup up in Exeter, New Hampshire. And I went on Saturday because I'm like, all right, Sunday is going to be the snowstorm. I got, I, I don't want to be caught in that, especially coming out of New Hampshire, because you and I live in Metro Boston yep. or, or in Boston. So it's like for us, this we don't get snow typically as bad as, and I'm not a weather expert, but we don't get it as bad as like different parts of the state, like in New, closer to New Hampshire, things like that. And I walked out of the rink at like 2 p.m. on Saturday to go get lunch. And I saw flurries of snow and I'm like, no, this is, it's going to hit while I'm here and I'm going to have to drive home in this. And I did. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it wasn't the best, but you know, thankfully you and I, we grew up here. So we know how to navigate snow on like the mass pike or not the pike, whatever highway connects New Hampshire to Massachusetts. I, I'm not good at that stuff, but yeah, you got 95 and 95, exactly. 
Exactly. But yeah, so it's been good so far. It's been fun. A lot of hockey and more hockey this weekend. So yeah, uh, I unfortunately did not have to deal with the snow getting back because Nobles and Kent girls got canceled. That that's really right. You showed up. <laughs> I I was disappointed because I showed up and I was also really excited for that game because both teams are undefeated. And it was like huge measuring stick for Kent, who's kind of been making the rise up in our rankings. So that was a bummer. But oh, well, is that did that get rescheduled? I haven't seen a rescheduling yet. I'll have to keep checking. Yeah, because that'll be a good game to follow when that actually happens. But yeah, I feel you on that. Every time I show up to a rank, I'm always like, yeah, I hope they didn't cancel this game. I hope this didn't get rescheduled or moved. That's like my biggest fear. But anyways, in this episode, we want to touch on boys prep, girls prep, boys MIA, girls MIA. We're going to do uh, one surprise team because it is midseason, right? I mean, we're getting to the midway point, so we have a clearer vision. The holiday tournaments are behind us. Even the MIA, those holiday tournaments are pretty much behind us. So a surprise team and a team that has sort of lived up to hype, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll start with boys prep because I think this is fun. And you were at Cushing Salisbury on Wednesday, so that was yep. a good game. That's all. That's always a top matchup. So why don't we let's start with let's start with the team that's lived up to the hype because that's a little more obvious, I guess. I'll go with Kimball Union. Kimball Union entering the year for us was our fourth ranked team, and you can always say, oh, they should have been one. But so far, I think they've been the best team in prep. I know some other polls have Avon. Uh, I think Avon has a legitimate case. To me, it's Kimball Union. I think they are Sam LeDrew and Jack Sadowski, to me, are the best one-two duo in prep. They remind me a lot of Landon Resendez and Ethan Gardula last year from Cushing. Just in the every time they're on the ice, they dominate. And mm-hmm. Drew is shooting. His stock has skyrocketed in the last month, month and a half. Sadowski already had a very high stock. Both are Division One commits. But those two together, and then you have guys like Corwith Simmers, who's been outstanding. And you got like CJ Watroba coming over from Pope Francis. He's been strong. Kyle Murray Smith, like the, Malcolm Barr. They have a very deep veteran offense, deep veteran forward group that Kimball Union has. And then on defense, you get guys like Andrew O'Sullivan, who is maybe the most dynamic offensive defenseman in prep, I might want to say. I mean, he's like him, Calvin Beard, like that's kind of that tier. And then Jack McMinn, who's a phenomenal puck-moving defenseman, a senior as well. And you have guys like Luke Klarner. And I, and then in net, Blake McMinniman from Revere, from Revere, Massachusetts, has stepped up and delivered. So I saw them at that game sheet prep cup against St. Andrews College, which has like Dean Latorno, who's a potential first or second round NHL draft choice this year. And like that team is just stacked full of players and they beat him six, five in overtime. And I can honestly say, and sometimes Pat, I, I get a little wrapped up in the moment. Sometimes I'll leave a game and be like, wow, that's one of the best games I've ever seen. It'll be like a, mm. a four, three, like nobles, like narrowly beats Tabor. And I'm like, that was outstanding. That 6-5 OT win might be the best prep game I've seen in my last, like, two years, mm-hmm. I think. I want to say, like, it was – that was as exciting and just good of a game as I've seen um, against Sadowski, LeDrew were outstanding. So, Kimball Union, to me, has lived up to the hype. I see them as – as of right now, they're the most complete team in the region because I thought it was Cushing. I thought Cushing was the most complete team, and I think Cushing still is really, really good. But they're not producing at the levels I would have thought they would have mm-hmm. offensively. But Kimball Union has, and so to me, KUA is that is that really good team. I was gonna I was gonna go in with the with the Cushing direction, and, and but now 
now I feel like I should cool off on them after. No, I, I don't think you should cool off on Cushing because Cushing Paul Pearl has that team always going. Yeah. And I, like you saw it on Wednesday. They Marco Bilic maybe the best all around goalie in mm. prep. And then you have just a ton like to me, it's almost like they have too many really good guys, right? Like yeah. you saw them on Wednesday. I mean, what did you think of them? Yeah, so I mean, going with Cushing might be a little recency bias on my part too, but you know, just what I saw on, on Wednesday, especially Billich, was fantastic. It's a three to one score. You wouldn't really think it was a, a goalie duel, but you know, both him and Cooper Fleming were just sensational in that game. Just some of the some of the saves they were making it was like, holy cow. Like that would be on every highlight reel everywhere if these games had had broadcasts. But yeah, they did Cushing, what, what struck me most was the pace they played with. And I think a big help is Luke, a guy who, with speed like Luke Gokler. And then you know, fly. <laughs> yeah, like just notice him right away. And then when Salisbury started pretty hot, but Cushing got to its game and they do so much in transition. So much of their offense comes in transition. And when they have guys who can skate like the wind like that up and down the lineup, it makes sense. And I just think like the depth where the, whether it's like Gokler, you get Bronson Hunt, Tanner Hunt, the, the Twins, Billich and Net. Uh, Tyler Russo had a good game, so he's I just a, Russo's awesome. That's a good, yeah. he's a really good defenseman. Yeah, and then even like you get some depth scoring, whether it's of Phil Obey or who blanking on the name right now, but I think AJ Sa- AJ Sacco's a good Emerson Marshall's leading that team in points. Mm-hmm. Like he's been a he's a great strong senior. So yeah, I, to me like I agree with you. And they also have like Cole Hiles who yep. you know is a guy that was is on some NHL draft boards. So and I, I really enjoyed Ryland Randall on defense, mm-hmm. kind of undersized a little bit, a lot of offense to his game from the back end, but you know, he's leading the rush. He's quarterbacking one of the power play units, just the way he sees the ice in the offensive zone. It's just like when you had that amount of forward talent and you add a guy like Rylan Randall on the back end, it just it's another option for teams to have to account for. I agree. And I think that, again, I, I, I think Cushing is going to end up being there. It, definitely in the Elite Eight, it just comes down to where they're going to seed. Yep. But I agree. So, yeah, I mean, Cushing is one. Kimball Union, to me, is definitely one. Avon's another team that's that's uh, lived up to the hype in terms of that. We'll go with a surprising boys prep team. And I like, so we'll probably name a couple teams, but I, I knew Brunswick was going to be good. Like I had them, I think seventh going into the year, but I was still, I was like, all right, you lost Drew De La Sala. That he was, he was incredible. Eli Friedman, you lost, you lost two of your top scorers. What do you, what's that going to look like? It's not a sure bet. You lost your starting goalie to graduation. And they have dominated. I mean, they have, they lost their first game of the season to Loomis. And ever since then, they have been outstanding up front with guys like Sean Gibbons, Brendan Giles. Those two are producing at a very high level. I mean, they're near the LeDrew Sadowski kind of duo. And then in the back end, you have Cooper Cleaves, who's Dartmouth commit, really, really solid defenseman. And Will Baker and Nett's been outstanding. And like, so to me, they're not, it's not surprising they're good. I'm surprised that they are like my number two team in prep hockey right now. They're, I think they're like 14, one and two overall at the time of recording. Like they have been outstanding. So I think that would be my, that's why they're a surprise. Another one that is surprising that they are 
like in the running for Elite Eight is Loomis. Loomis Chafee led in scoring by maybe the best name in prep, Indiana Grossbard. What a name. Yeah. That kid, that is awesome. Like that is a great name. You've got to be like, you got to be good if you're Indiana Grossbard and he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have been, they've been really good. I think as according to USHR, they're in the elite eight right now. Earlier this week, they were a host. They were in the top four. Uh, and then another team I want to show some love to that's, I guess, a surprise, but now I look at the roster and I'm like, I probably should have seen that. Holderness. Holderness is undefeated, 10 and 0. They have a lot of older scoring like Pavit Mera from Hopkinton. He's an 04. Caden Wells, Jake Belanger. We're not missing anybody, but like they, that's a team that is older, scores a lot. The Lakes region is weak. And I think that's going to benefit both Holderness and Kimball Union. But you know, Caden Harrington on the back end, Ryan Nolan in that. To me, that's a team that, again, I knew they were going to be good, but I'm surprised that they are in the top five. And I think, like, it wouldn't surprise me if Holderness, I think when they play KUA at the end in February, it wouldn't surprise me if they split those games. And we're like, all right, well, where do we put Holderness? Where do we put Kimball Union? But so, yeah, those have been the, the good surprises. The one negative surprise and again, they have a lot of time left to turn their season around. And again, they're, I think they're eight and four. So I don't know like how much, I don't think that's horrible, but you know, St. Sebastian's, we had such high expectations for them. They've, they lost two last week to Belmont Hill and Nobles. Scoring's been okay, but they've had some trouble finishing. They lost to Brunswick in the Kevin Much tournament final. Like, you know, I think there are some question marks with that team. And to me, like, I'm not writing them off. I know I moved them out of the top 10. They're ranked low in USHR's playoff seedings, which again, it's an algorithm, so I can't argue mm-hmm. with it. But like to me, they should a hundred percent be in the elite eight comp- conversation. The fact that they aren't is there. That's on them. You no, know, that's completely them. So they have the roster to turn around. They have a lot of senior leadership as we die. We. Uh, wrote about they have a lot of talent up front guys like Ben Merrill and the Mutron brothers and like Matt Cataldo and Isaac Mitchell mm-hmm. so it's up to them to come out of this when I think their season going to be defined by how they respond to this and, and how they bounce back and they were our cover team we had them number one and the fact that they're kind of out of the mix at the moment is a surprise so who knows yeah well we were just talking about the Marinovsky jinx last year we had <laughs> pushing on the cover this year's Seb's <laughs> You it might just be the kiss of death. I'm the cheese touch. We said yeah. this. I will say, though, like Cushing went to the Elite Eight final. They were the best team all year. So I'll give them that, right? Like, I, I Maine, Diver wrote the story. Pat on the back to myself, though. I did choose the topic there. And they've, in college hockey, they've been outstanding. But, yeah, there have been some teams I've written about over the last, since I started doing a hockey journal. And I'll watch them after, and I'm like, oh, no, I hope I didn't, like, jinx them. Like, <laughs> you don't need that. So hopefully it doesn't continue. Hopefully Sebs turns it around for my sake, right? It's all yeah, it's yeah. just for my own my own look. I need to I need to look better. So Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat with some of my preseason top 10 girls teams. Milton and Dexter really haven't had the starts that they probably wanted. They've dropped out of the rankings. But, you know, just to echo sort of what you were saying on the surprises on the boys' side, I would put Sebs right up there. I thought the hype was real after seeing them at the ISL Keller Showcase and just hasn't clicked the way we thought it would. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and then you stole my other two with Loomis and Brunswick. I think Brunswick, when they sort when they won the Kevin Much tournament over Sebs, we were like, we knew Brunswick was going to be good, but wow. we like that, that was sort of like the head-turning moment, I think, for us. And then I also say worth mentioning is Belmont Hill. Um, yes. Especially with the wins last week over Sebs. Jake McManus is having a great season. So is Jake Tavares, David Bosco, all the guys you sort of highlighted recently. 
I'd, I'd put definitely put them in the conversation so far too. Yeah, and the other thing, I, Belmont Hill, I I have not got out and out and see them. I've not gotten out and seen them yet. Uh, I think. Did you see them at the Keller Showcase? I forget. No, they were at Nobles. I was oh, at that's right. Then. You did at separate places. David Bosco is someone that I've tracked pretty closely. Or I've liked a lot since I saw him for the first time when he was on the 14 Eagles. Like that was, I was like, all right, he's very high IQ center, really talented. Like I think he's going to be really good. And so he was one of the guys I kept writing about. And I was like, I'm so curious to see what he's like when he gets to prep. Cause there's, I was like, there's going to be spots at Belmont Hill. They lost a lot of their top scoring from last year. Like he's going to have a real chance. And yep. I think that top line of McMahon, like Bosco, Tavares and McManus make up the top line and they've been, outstanding i mean that maybe is the top line in prep like that's one definitely like top five top five mm-hmm. line for sure so i agree belmont hill uh i said it brian finney at some point is going to make us regret not putting him them in the preseason top 10 it's like a month into the season or a little more than a month and he's made us regret it so kudos to kudos to belmont hill i i agree with you on that um yeah. Uh, okay, girls prep. Let's start with a team that's lived up to the hype for you. I have a feeling I know we're going to go with this, but I, I'm curious to see what you say. So this is interesting because Nobles has also lived up to expectations, but also surprised, mm-hmm. uh, if that makes sense. Who they were going to be good. I had them fourth going into the season, but I didn't think they were going to be 9-0-1 at the time of recording good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, just... I've seen them the most of any team so far. It kind of helps just with proximity and the Harrington tournament. And I was going to go see them again to see Kent because it was the, but just the way it's worked out, I've seen Nobles the most and I've just been kind of blown away every time I've seen them, especially like I've, we've, we've gone on at length about the four check. We don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> um, but it's, it's been just so, so effective. And you look on D, they have four just all, all world defense defenders back there, whether it's Sophia Levering, Olivia Maffeo. Jamie Griswold, everyone else. And then up front, the biggest concern was who was going to score because they lost Brooke Manning. They had Callie Brown and obviously Molly McCurtain had been like solid secondary contributors, but could they take that next step? Brown has been unbelievable this year. And so has Greta Hulbig, a sophomore. The two of them, they've already either matched or beaten their goal totals from last year. They're going to shatter their point totals from last year. I think they're two of the biggest reasons that Nobles has been so effective, especially offensively, because we knew they had the goalie, we knew they had the defense, but Mm -hmm. those two especially have been key drivers of the offense, and Molly McCartan's obviously been doing her thing. And all three of them sort of like embody the style of play Tom Reeser wants out of his forwards, which is the high motor, high effort, making things miserable on the forecheck for their teams, and it creates so many chances for them, like for themselves in the slot, rebounds. They've just been... It's all clicked so far for them, and so we knew they were going to be good, but not this good. But the other lived up to hype so far, I would say Williston. They got they got punched in the mouth at the Harrington with the loss to St. Paul's and the tie with West, Westminster, but came right back. They beat Groton. They smoked Tabor, who's also, I think, lived up to expectations so far. They've kind of hit a little bit of a rocky patch production-wise on offense. It hasn't been coming as as easily lately, but you know their defense is so good, especially their top pair with... Caitlin Sullivan and Adeline Peskowski. So I, I would highlight those teams. And even Kent was also a top top five team, I think, we had coming in. They're they're ranked third right now. So again, so they're right there in the mix too. To me, I'd be if I'm another team, I'm worried about Williston for two yeah. reasons. Obviously, you have the they're really good. I mean, obviously you'd be worried about them. They've won the last two Elite Eights, but I also look at them like that little rough patch 
what a little rough patch at the beginning of the year can do for a team. Like I was talking yep. to, on the boys side, I was talking to Tim Whitehead at the Floodmar, and he said it's almost good we lost to Rivers at the beginning of the year because the, it kind of refocused everybody. Mm-hmm. Like that you've got to live up to that. You the, you can't just show up and win. You've got to work to win. And I think for a team like Williston to have that kind of tough showing with those two kind of rough games – to me, I think goes a long way in terms of their growth as a team and how they're going to continue to progress. And I think with like Krista Talbot, Saifu at the helm, like I think that's a team that obviously is going to be there at the end, but I think that kind of rough patch at the beginning is going to make a huge impact for them down the stretch. Yeah, especially like there goes the pressure of having to make it two undefeated seasons in a row. Yep. Um, so yep. like now you're, you're probably playing freer and you lost and people are – is Wilson still Wilson? Then, then you have that motivation. I mean, we yeah. <laughs> I mean, we obviously thought they were going to be fine, and they've proved that. But you know, it's just more fuel to the fire for them. And the other thing is, a credit to you, you wrote about the Tom Reeser's final season, and Nobles has been outstanding so far. Maybe I have the jinx, and you have the magic touch. That might be it. Like we balance each other out. Like if 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 I call a team and say, "Hey, I want to write about you," team's like, "No, no, no, please, please do not do that. Please send Pat instead. Let Pat write about us. Do not let Evan write about us." I mean, we'll have to see how the first team I write about on the cover will come out whenever that happens. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes, and uh, I, I haven't had the the test of put highlighting a team on the cover yet. You've had you you're so far zero for two, but Seb's could turn into one for two if they bounce back. This is true. I'm trying to think if there's any cover. Oh well, I wrote about Avon. They were on the cover, and they yeah, yeah. so that they already won though. That doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pre- preseason predictions. You have a cover coming soon in the, the magazine. It's a big one. Do you want to talk about it real quick? Yeah, we're looking big picture at the growth of girls hockey in New England. Just throw some numbers at you quickly. Like nationally in the last decade, girls hockey's registration numbers up over thirty nine percent. It's like up twenty one percent in mass. When you take all of New England together, it's up fourteen percent. So it's really significant spikes. And so we're talking to people around the region, sort of trying to flesh out what's been driving it here, especially it's at the grassroots level. Like the youngest kids are seeing the biggest spikes. And even if you look at the registration numbers in those young age groups to now when those girls are prep school age and high school and college age, like those numbers are continuous and they're staying like it's those girls are staying with the game. So really cool story to sort of flesh out and pick people's brains about. Yeah, it was a great one to read. Obviously, you guys will all read it uh, in the coming weeks uh, when you get the magazine. Uh, it'll be on the website, obviously. It's a really good story. It was very well researched, and Pat, you did an outstanding job on it. Uh, okay, so let's move along to surprise teams in girls prep. Uh, who have you looked at as some uh, a surprise team or two in girls prep? So I already highlighted Nobles just for the reasons, you know, good but not this good. But mm-hmm. other than that, I would say... I mean, Loomis Chafee we had ranked coming into the year, but they had a rocky start. But they've sort of turned things around with upsetting Andover at the Auden tournament. They've won six straight. They just beat Milton, beat Berkshire pretty handily. Grace Morn and Chloe Obser are doing their things. And then for some of the under-the-radar teams, and it's probably just oversight on my part for missing them at the beginning of the season, but Westminster... They weren't ranked coming into the year. They're eighth right now. Mm-hmm. I would say Deerfield and New Hampton are, have both kind of jumped in and out of that 10th spot in the rankings. And New, New Hampton probably should have gotten more due. They won the small small school tournament last year, but they've been great so far. They've they hit a little bit of a slip up. They lost to Deerfield, so we'll have to see how they respond. And you know, Deerfield's one to watch because their schedule gets really tough over the last month. 
So kind of show us what you're made of a little bit. And then Exeter and Choate, I would say, have been great starts. They're kind of in the hunt for the rankings, seven two and zero, and then seven three and zero respectively. But really, Westminster, I've been I've been really impressed. Bella Zapata, the freshman on the top line, she's eleven points in nine games, and she's pretty undersized too. So for her to be doing what she's been doing as a first line player, her first year in prep or as a freshman, really impressive. And yeah, so I would I would say Westminster's kind of leading that charge of the under rate under the radar teams. And they tied Williston at the at the yeah. turn. Right? And, and that and that could have gone. They also could have beat Williston at the turn or not Williston at Nobles at mm-hmm. the turn. The first game it was two two late, and Nobles scored in the final minute to win the game three to two. So they they took a lot of teams to task in the in the Harrington tournament. And their goalie, I'm blanking on her name. Let me try and find it quickly. But she's been. Absolutely fantastic, especially when I saw her at the Harrington tournament. Williston threw everything at them in the third period, and so far, didn't seem to matter. Yeah. Well, Westminster, it's interesting, though, because they weren't – we didn't really have our eyes on them a lot at the beginning of the year, and they have ascended quick. I mean, I think they're like 6-2-1 and at the time of recording, and I'm curious to see how they continue to progress. I know you mentioned, like, Deerfield as well. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of – like, we have our eyes, obviously, a lot on the Andovers and the Willisons and the Nobles, but, like – a lot of these teams, you know, Groton, Westminster. We we had a lot on Groton though at the beginning of the year. I think with teams yeah. East, like we were pretty on Groton. But yeah, Westminster and Deerfield, I think, are two really good ones. Yeah, and Groton, I think, is still very much deserving of sort of their flowers that we've been giving them. They've they've held up pretty well so far. But you know, New Hampton did beat them in the small school tournament last year. That I feel like we New Hampton should have gotten more of its flowers too. But you know, so the the Westminster goalie's name Julia Matias. Um, there we she's fantastic. And just especially when I saw them against Nobles, against Lawrence Academy and against Williston and just sensational against Williston. So that's, yeah, no, it's good. I think that, again, it goes back to the parody on the girls prep side, that it's been strong, that there've been a lot of good teams. It has not been one being way better than everybody else. I think it's, I don't think there's a clear elite eight favorite right now i mean i think they're it probably like nobles but it's yeah. nobles, i don't think is above everybody else considerably right yeah I, I would i would agree i would say nobles i think is pretty safe and we, we can call them the favorite right now but i'd say there's 10 to 12 teams that could all be in and out of the race over the next month and i would also mention andover who they haven't played a ton of games. Like we talked about them getting that late start at the beginning of the year, which was kind of annoying because we wanted to see them play. But they just lost to Choate. They lost to Loomis at the at the Harrington tournament. And the Averill sisters and Boyle are Molly Boyle are off at the U eighteen women's worlds right now. Mm-hmm. So it's right now it's it's really kind of up to the depth on that team to get them through this. So they're still in there's if the if everything started today, they'd be eighth in the Elite Eight. They're five, two, and one. But you know, just some of the some of the losses, they lost two in a row, like we said, Loomis and Choate. And so sort of a little bit of a little bit of like Wilson, like how will they bounce back? They've won two in a row since. So looks like they're right on the right track, but just something to watch. Uh, and now we want to kind of transition over to the MIAA. We'll start with boys MIAA. Uh, in terms of a, a team that's lived up to the hype, St. John's Prep, we had preseason. I forget where we had them. They were, I think they were two. We had them at number two. And they went down to number four, though, recently. They'd had some little minor hiccups. But actually, I think they only, they only lost one game. What am I talking about? Uh, and <laughs> I'm thinking of Pope Francis' Catholic Memorial, who had a bunch of hiccups. Mm-hmm. St. John's Prep, though, 
to me, has lived up to the hype in terms of we knew they were going to be really good and they're still really good and they've lived up to it. And I saw, so I, I went out on Wednesday night to Canton, beautiful Canton Ice House, to watch them play Zavarian. Cause to me, those in my last rankings were my top two boys teams. Mm-hmm. And St. John's Prep was the better team for the entire game. And there was a road win. It was a gutsy performance by them. They were more physical. They controlled the play for the majority of the game. Uh, this variant student section was huge and they sort of quieted it. And so to me, SJP is a team that has definitely lived up to the hype in terms of we knew they were, we expected them to be good and they are good. And they lost a fair amount from last year's team, but Christian Hansen, the head coach there, uh, has AJ Faris, a really, a new, uh, starting goalie. He's a junior. He looked really solid, uh, on Wednesday night. And, uh, they have a lot of senior guys like Jake Vanna, who's committed to Princeton for lacrosse. But honestly, like he's such a good athlete. He could probably commit for <laughs> any, I think he plays soccer too. I haven't yeah. seen play soccer, but I want to trust that he's still a really good soccer player. Christian Rosa, Johnny Ty, like they have a lot of seniors. And to me, they have they have some really strong young talent too. Like Ethan Goodrich is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. So to me, like they're a team that uh, is always in it. St. John's Prep, I mean, even when I was in the MIA, like St. John's Prep was always one of the favorites. So that hasn't changed. Yep. They've lived up to the hype even after they lost some talent. So I'll give uh, one shout out to SJP and the other I'll say to Zavarian. I know Zavarian lost that game, but Zavarian has been really strong. To me, they're the best top to bottom lineup, mainly because I think Cole Pouliot, Porter, and Net just gives you such an advantage, especially come tournament time. But I did that, again, the one loss to St. John's Prep and I, they lost to BC High as well, three to two, but they're deep up front. They have a good blend of seniors, juniors, and they have a sophomore, Jack Fitzpatrick, who's like six, four, can move well. They're good on D. Obviously, they have Puya, Porter, and Nett. So to me, those are the two teams. I would put those two teams right now as the favorites, but there is one surprise team that we'll get to in a second that I think is now moving into that tier with Zavarian and SJP, but SJP, those two teams, we knew were going to be good going into the season and they have been good. Yeah. I was going to echo Zavarian, especially the goalie Cole Pouliot Porter. We, I feel like every year in the MIA, we like the, the tournament comes down so much to the goalie, especially as, as an MC guy, I'm reluctant to give the prep their flowers, Uh, (laughs) but Breaking the Malden Catholic girls as high as possible, don't you? <laughs> They've been great this year. I, I dropped them this week. I'm not, not playing too many favorites. Oh, that's right. That's um, right. That's right. Yeah. But no, like the goalie is just such an X factor just every year. If you don't have the goalie, and usually when we see these teams in the finals or they make a deep run out of nowhere, it's usually on the back of a hot goalie. So that he like that's the biggest difference maker, I think, for Zavarian. And you still have Jack Fitzpatrick. You still have Colvin Callahan, all, all guys we sort of highlighted plenty. And Zavarian, we knew they were going to be good. We had, I think you had them top three going into the year. And here they are one. So not overly surprising, I would say. Yeah, I think Zavarian, I had three. I think it was Pope Francis, SJP, and Zavarian. Because mm-hmm. to me, like Zavarian was, is going into the year, I thought they were maybe the best roster. Pope Francis is up there too in terms of just how good that roster is. They had a re- Pope Francis had a rough loss against CM that I was at on Monday night. At Warrior, I I don't want to dox myself, but I do live in the area of Warrior Ice Arena. Please don't come up. Please do not show up to my house, but I do live in the area of it. 
And so whenever like CM plays a big game, I'm like, oh my god, this is a layup. This I could I could freaking jog there or walk. I still drive, but <laughs> I, I'm still lazy. I still drive, but I they lost eight to three, and Pope Francis lost to CM eight to three. CM needed a win like that badly. CM was on a pretty long. I think it was like a five game winless streak, which for them is a long time. They lost a lot. They lost Tyler Hamilton and Joe Markey to Dexter a couple of years early than their senior year. So they've sort of been figuring out how to generate offense. And they have some, I mean, Connor Freiberger's outstanding, Nick DiLimpo. And then on the Pope side, on D, Jake Jarrell, Zach Buffoni. And then up front, you got a guy like Mossy Kearney. So, and then Nick Ritchie. But I think both those teams have struggled a little bit at times. They're going to be there as high seeds in the tournament though. And I think ultimately they're going to be, they're going to be, like Zavarian was last year, Zavarian was struggling for a long time at the beginning of the season. I think Pope and CM are kind of going through some ups and downs that are going to help them, kind of like Williston on the girls' side, except Williston's were like a loss and a tie, and it's like, whoa, I can't believe <laughs> yeah. it. Whereas these are a little longer, but I think it, it'll help them come come tournament time. So su- a surprise team for boys on my AA, to me, the obvious one is St. John Shrewsbury. I don't think it's a surprise to them. They were a team that we had ranked 10th coming into the year. They were under 500 in the last season, but again, Catholic Conference, like, it's a yep. tough schedule. Like if you're not one of those top teams, you're not going to have a good season on paper, but you'll have a good, you'll be battle tested for the tournament. They mm-hmm. are, I think they're nine and one right now. They have been, uh, Luke Girardi has been exploding for goals. I think he had four goals and a win over CM, which is crazy. Daniel manyalkin has been outstanding. Chase Warsofsky was a, is a freshman. He's an 09. I watched a lot of him with the, his junior Eagles team, that same one that like Carter Meyer and Finn Sears and Sam Pandolfo, the Rivers kids were on. And Chase has adapted really well to the MIAA. He's been outstanding. So they have, they're scoring at will, which typically in the MIAA, I've noticed typically the really good teams just kind of edge the three, two, two, one. St. John Shrewsbury is really pouring it on on some of these yeah. teams. So I am curious to see how this continues for them. But they would be my surprise team in terms of they've moved into that. Like, I would I would say it's the top three are St. John's Prep, Zavarian, and St. John Shrewsbury as of recording this on January 12th. There's a Catholic Conference showcase on Sunday. Who knows what will happen there? But to me, I think the surprise team is definitely St. John Shrewsbury. I wish I, could yeah. say, I, wish I could say it was Framingham, but it, that hasn't happened <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say St. John's Shrewsbury for all the same reasons. And I would also put Arlington in that category for yep. sort of same exact reasons. Looking at your preseason rankings, they were nine. Here they are at number four. And pretty pretty big results over BC High and Winchester. And even the losses and maybe things that didn't turn into wins. Tie with CM. Lost mm-hmm. to Pope Francis only one to nothing. And to do that as a really young team in the MIA, where we talk about so much, whether it's high school or prep, how much experience matters and how much depth matters, how much having seniors and juniors who are battle tested matters. Hasn't really, hasn't mattered for Arlington so far. Um, I I would highlight Evan Jones on defense, kind of, kind of a younger guy and stood out with the junior Eagles. He's, he's awesome. And for him to be doing what he's doing at the MIA level, I think isn't very surprising. Moves the puck well, plays well in, in his own end, kind of do it all type of player. So I think Arlington is kind of right up there too. 
Yeah, our, it's funny, John, Sean Missouri, the legendary head coach of the Spy Ponders, always preseasons like, we're not going to be good. We're not We're not deep. We're not going to be good. Don't rank us high. And then they come out and they're, they're good every year. And I'm always yeah, like, yeah. come on. Like, so, yeah, I, I actually, in the, on the, in the magazine, we have those midseason reports, which is kind of what this podcast is based off of loosely. And one of the teams I have as sort of lived up to expectations a bit, I have Arlington because I think – I agree. There's, they're, they're sort of both a surprise team and a team that has been good that we expected because Arlington's there every year. Like Arlington is a public school powerhouse. Missouri always has them well positioned. They can be as young or inexperienced as they even are this year and they still find ways to win. So yeah. uh, I would put Arlington I'm in that for sure. Pretty sure like my junior year at MC. We were, they were coming off winning the Elite Eight against the prep after they lost my freshman year. And I'm pretty sure my junior year, Arlington beat them in the semis at Songa Center. If yeah. I'm remembering correctly. Because I, I just remember the student section being like, what's a spy ponder? But I'm, pre- <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ar- Arlington won that game. And I was like, oh, wow, Arlington's legit. What uh, is a spy ponder? I was like ponder? 15 at the time, so who, who even cares? But <laughs> You were too busy screaming your head off that you couldn't, couldn't make it up. The student section. Yeah. All, all of us JV heroes trying to support. <laughs> exactly exactly no you had, you had a place it's funny though like the difference when you go from and you see this going from a prep game to a an miaa game the student sections at miaa games are just so outstanding yep. um pretty much at any game you go to there's a really strong student section so interesting stuff i don't think i have any other boys on miaa thoughts that i'm really wanting to get off my chest i think we kind of covered it so girls miaa uh what's been a team that has lived up to the hype yeah, I mean, I think it's no question it's Duxbury. They've just been absolutely fantastic. There's no other way to put it. It's a plus 35 goal differential, 42 to 7 in wow. nine games, which is just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. We just published your rankings Thursday night. I actually have to tweet these out soon. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So, and we, we knew Dan and Jaren would have them would have them at in top shape, especially coming off a title last year. Anna McGinty still doing her thing in goal. She was fantastic last year. She's been fantastic again. Four shutouts on the season already, um, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly. And Maddie Greenwood was someone who had a big breakout season last year with 28 points. And this year, she's over a goal per game, which is she's just a dominant player. And they've they've gotten the depth too. Reese Porter, Shea Martin, Maeve Gallagher, everything's sort of coming. I shouldn't say coming together because it already came together for them, but it's just continuing for Duxbury. And in Division Two, you have some contenders like Burlington, Falmouth, who I'll kind of get to in a second with the surprises. But there are some other contenders in Division Two. But right now, it's nobody can hold a candle to Duxbury. Yeah, they seem to be above it all with with Division Two. I don't. I think in, we've talked a lot about parity. To me, Duxbury is the clear favorite in Division Two. Yep. And then in Division One, I, I mean, I think it says a lot about. St. Mary's that mm-hmm. we have a story coming in the magazine about this, about how they lost Jenna Champlain. They lost a lot off last year's team and they haven't missed a beat at all. Yeah. I, I was kind of getting into St. Mary's for like one of my surprises. Cause they lost. Oh, you just took it from you. You can explain it better than I can. Oh, oh I was... <laughs> sorry. Maybe I cut you off there with the. No, connection. no, I, I took um, your thing. I, I don't want to steal your thunder. On oh that. no, it's all right. They lost. I think 13 players from last year's team, 12 maybe. They lost a ton of players. Eight, I think it was eight seniors. And they had Casey Litwin coming back, doing her thing on defense. But the biggest things have been 
the the youngsters, the, all the freshmen and, and sophomores and even eighth graders that are contributing. We highlighted Vanessa Hall coming into the year as an eighth grader. And a couple times I've seen her and even just checking box scores. She's been fantastic as an eighth grade defender. And just when you, you when you watch her play, play doesn't look like an eighth grader. She's jumping into the play, unafraid to make things happen. And I would put uh, freshman, she's been on the top line center, Bella Fritas, right up there too. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely dominant forces. They've been producing. They're always making moves to the slot, creating grade A chances, no matter what situation it is, shorthanded, power play, even strength. So I would put... Like St. Mary's, we like again. We had we knew they were going to be good. We didn't know if there'd be some bumps along the way, which is how many players they lost. But they're one, they're first in our rankings. They're seven zero and one right now. It's it's pretty remarkable just how seamlessly a lot of these younger players have stepped right in. Yeah, I I completely agree. They I get they're. They're a surprise team for sure. But then there's also the part it's like, oh, it's St. Mary's. They fall into the category of like Arlington on the boys side and some of the other teams we highlighted earlier where the nobles even on the girls, like it's, it's, they're both like they're going to be good, but there is like, oh, the roster is a little thinner or younger than it was last year. So that is that. Do you have any other surprise teams? I know St. Mary's kind of falls in that, but there are any others? So I'd put MC up there. They had a solid run last year to the, what'd you say? I said, got to rep it. I know. Yeah. They had a solid run last year. I think they made the Elite Eight and lost to Duxbury, if I'm remembering the bracket correctly. But, you know, we didn't have them ranked entering the season. And they've they've come right out. They've beat some Division One contenders like Bishop Fian, Peabody Linfield North Reading, Pope Francis. So they've had a really good start. They actually lost for the first time this season to Notre Dame Hingham, who's someone who's a team I think has met expectations, even though maybe... The offense hasn't quite been as high-flying as it, as it might have been re- in past years. They've been really good defensively. But I would also highlight Falmouth on, on, in Division II, 7-1-0 right now. And they're, they're another one like, like Duxbury where they've kind of got a crazy differential. I think they got 49 goals in the season, which is the most in Division II and second most in all of MIA girls hockey. And But the, the thing about them is they only have 17 players on the roster, and 10 of them are freshmen. And they only have one goalie. And so for all, uh, sort of like St. Mary's, for all these freshmen to step in and do what they've done and Aspen Devlin as the only goalie on the team right now, not getting any breaks, I think is is, is really cool to see. Yeah, I, I've, I've been impressed with that. And I'm also curious to see what ends up happening with uh, the MIA girls side as the season continues. So we kind of hit on all the, we hit on the surprise teams, the good teams. We really covered it all. That's the point of these podcasts, Pat, is that we, this, we uh, try to go around boys prep, girls prep, girls MIA, boys MIA, and try to give, try to talk about a lot of the big storylines because it is always changing. I mean, their games, multiple per week. There's tons this weekend. I'll be at a couple. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there. All right, Pat. So that's uh, this edition of RinkWise. We talked about the next cover, which is yours. going to be all uh, about the growth of girls hockey, both here and around the country. Is there anything else that you have in the works or that you're doing that you kind of want to make people privy to? No, I just kind of highlight the rest of the stuff that's going in the magazine. Bell Frazier and Jake Hamilton got some stories coming on Mia Daly at Williston, who's been a really fantastic freshman on their top line. And we got Cammy, a feature on Cammy Bell, who's been just dominant for St. Paul's the last several years and is having a terrific senior season. So I highlight those stories, keep an eye on for. And even just these, these mid-season check-ins that we got going, get, get a little, take the temperature of all girls prep, girls MIA, boys prep, boys MIA. 
Finger on the pulse. That's what that is. Uh, yeah. And the magazine, what else we got? We got, we got a story on Kent from Josh Cummins, the bo- boys, Kent's boys team. They've been really good. I have one coming on the Rivers eighth graders, like Carter Meyer and Finn Sears. And those kids have been dominant. Sam Pandolfo and Eben Alden uh, as well. And then I have a profile on James Hagens, which is going to be exciting. Uh, again, he's not technically from here, but he played at Mount for two years. So we're going to, we're going to count it. One so of that- ours. Yeah, he's one of ours. We'll say it. And that'll be also on the cover of New York Hockey Journal. So hopefully the jinx doesn't continue there. (laughs) Hopefully New York (laughs) Hockey Journal, the jinx doesn't exist. But yeah, so very excited with that. And then obviously you and I, Pat, we have rankings every week. We have top prep for boys, top prep performers. We've got a lot of different stuff, obviously, if you guys follow along, all the stuff we put out. So we'll continue to do that. Lots more hockey to watch, though, that's for sure. That's Patrick Donnelly. I'm Evan Marinovsky. The Rinkwise Podcast is a Siemens Media production producer. Produced by the great David Yaz. I am Evan Marinovsky, and you Rinkwise listeners have a great rest of your week. 